Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. How are you? It's Daryl, and welcome to episode 48 of Cage Rage, a Nicholas Cage podcast in which I am on the journey to true Cage Nirvana, the truest form of being by watching all of the films of the greatest actor of this generation, one Mr. Nicholas Cage, the golden hog of Hollywood. How are you doing this week? How have you been? Uh, not bad here it's been the sun is coming out spring summer i don't know where we are in the world uh what time of year it is um it's all just numbers and sound now isn't it but the sun's out again that's pretty good um so basically i kind of just want to get straight into an explanation of this this episode um sometimes when you're recording podcasts there are episodes that test your resolve as a human being as a follower of the great cage senpai this was one of those episodes. This, unfortunately for me, was an episode that was absolutely marred and tainted by by technical difficulties, left, right, and centre. Um, initially with my guest, the returning Ben Shannon, um, who you may remember joined me a good few weeks ago to talk about Gone in 60 Seconds. He's returned for Ghost Rider this week. Uh, initially tried to record over Zoom. Unfortunately, the Zoom kept dropping, um, then we had to sort of move over to Skype. Um, the Skype kept dropping as well, uh, just on my side, just kept freezing, dropping, internet cutting out. Um, I'm not entirely sure why. I'm not sure if it's an issue with the laptop, if it's an issue with storage. Um, but either way, I think a new essentially computer system, how old do I sound, a computer system, uh, maybe in the... Uh, in the immediate future a little more sooner than i was expecting um so as we sort of mentioned in the episode it took uh sort of two and a half over two and a half hours to get sort of just over an hour of usable footage the audio starts out fairly well had to use the zoom audio to begin um first of all i thought the audio was recording on my side uh, somehow i lost the separate audio that i was recording but then as we went to Zoom, um, it's about 15, 18 minutes or so into the episode, once the episode itself starts, then we had to go to the Skype. Unfortunately, if you've used Skype, you know that the audio just is utter fucking garbage. So you will notice a little bit of a decline in the audio quality. It was at that point my separate audio was able to record, so I've had to layer it over best I could. Now it will sound slightly like there's two voices talking a little echoey a little robotic i do really apologize about that i tried as best i could to accommodate for it i am not an audio technician i'm not a whiz at this um and had to do this one on a quick turnaround as well so basically the episode you get is the best i could muster in the time that i had believe me trust me when i say that the audio you hear is a hundred times better than what the actual Skype audio recording quality was. Hopefully you never have to hear that 
or let that be released to the world. Um, so please just know that going into the into the episode that there was just a lot of difficulties. The audio isn't ideal, but it's honestly the best I could do given the circumstances. Um, it's still a really funny episode. It's always a pleasure to have Ben on. We always have a really good time talking about these films. Um, he will be joining me again in the future to talk about Ghost Rider 2, Spirits of Vengeance. Hopefully the technical issues have been resolved on my side at that point, but we will see. Um, still, please try and enjoy the episode. It's still a good one. And if you do enjoy it, please get in touch over on the socials at cage underscore podcast on Twitter, where we've just hit 700 followers. And um, if you're listening to it on one of those socials, um, podcast platforms that you can leave a rating like Apple or Podchaser, please feel free to do so as well. It helps the podcast grow. But with that all being said, um, forgive me, it's episode 48, Ghost Rider, with me and Ben Shatner. Enjoy. Duh. 2007 begins as we leave behind the charred remains of the Wicker Man, but the fire rages on in the supernatural superhero action film Ghost Rider. This week, Cage stars as Johnny Blaze, a stuntman who sold his soul to the devil and now transforms into the fiery spirit of vengeance anytime night falls and evil is near. Returning on the journey to true Cage Nirvana to see if Ghost Rider is hot wheeling all night long or should just burn out. Is comedian, rice aficionado, and Pokemon guru Ben Shannon. He's back. Ben, how are you doing? Correct. I didn't know what you were going to substitute. I thought I know you'll drop one of the things you claimed me as last time, but you decided to drop poker player for rice enthusiast. I like it, and I cannot recall the last time I had rice. Awesome. I want to say a risotto. Actually, it was a risotto about four weeks ago in Germany. Oh, so you've had a German risotto. You've changed. You're an international man of rice mystery. I'm an international risotto connoisseur now. No, uh, no borders will stop me. <laughs> Baghdad basmati. I've been known. Um, Kuala Lumpur pilau. <laughs> Are these nicknames you go by or rices that you've had? This is what they whisper in the streets. Oh, is that is that Kuala Lumpur pilau, Shannon? You give him a wink. No, no, you never use a surname. They'd, they'd find out too much too soon. <laughs> not, in the, not, not in the rice, rice in community. No. <laughs> yeah, yeah. A little thing called respect yeah. in the rice community. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not enough, not enough respect in other communities, but in the rice community, you know. I think it's the fact that we always bow. I think that's what it is. That's how we eat. You bow. You don't use like I was going to say knife and fork, but only a mad mummy uses a knife and fork for rice. You don't use spoons. You bow and graze. You know, like. <laughs> <laughs> like a hen yeah 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 hens that's actually our, our emblem is um a hen painted onto a grain of rice <laughs> the time what film are we grain. talking about oh uh rice rider i think rice rider for hens to the back um, <laughs> a lot a lot of spoilers in your um in your opening there about what happened in this film daryl i mean it was either that or Flaming Bike Boy, and then that was it. Yeah. And I introduced you, like, what's he on about? Like, and Flaming Bike Boy is a good film. I can't stop looking <laughs> at this. The other guests you have on, do they get distracted by this cardboard cutout of Nicolas Cage you have in the background? I'd be, you'd be surprised at how many people just don't acknowledge it. And like, this is all set dressing, obviously, for the sake of a Zoom. Then you get a nice cardboard cage behind me. Some people don't acknowledge it, and I'm not going to name any names, uh, but some people like. Oh, God, like, anytime I talk, there's a cage behind you. 
As if it's a normal thing. I like it. Yeah, you've changed the layout a bit. I realise this isn't this isn't what this podcast's about, but I'm just I can see a little Iron Man behind you. And because we last spoke at Christmas and we did Gone in sixty seconds, so that was a lot of fun. And um, Mike, I just you know, in this film, he says "Let's ride," and you know he was told to say it because he says it in Gone in sixty seconds, like a hundred percent. You think there was a nice uh, vehicle link? Yeah, yeah. At one point, he was on one of his many warm bikes. And just went, let's ride. And I was like, hey, he said the thing again. And then he ran over the corpse of Mirror Man. <laughs> R.I.P. Mirror Man. Yeah, then, that would be, be special. To be fair, though, I, I wonder uh, if Ghost Rider had performed the penance stare at Mirror Man, would he just be a, <laughs> would he be a charred husk? Or it, just... No, it would have reflected. <laughs> it, would have, it would have burnt the Ghost Rider. He would have distracted him with like a Barbie doll. It's like, hey, Ghost Rider, look at this. Hey, hey Ghost Rider, you ever seen a Ken do a forward roll? <laughs> and, uh, Ghost Rider would be like, no. He would have put on his top that, hat, got his cane and bowed out. That would be the end of the film. <clears throat> In some ways, that's the film <laughs> that I wanted to see. It's what we, I always forget, like, obviously, pre-MCU, like pre-Marvel Cinematic Universe, what I suppose before mm. it was known as such, when it was just this, uh, like, wild west of Marvel films that just were in their own little pockets. Oh. Uh, it, was a, it was such a, a ridiculous time for superheroes. Such a good way to put it. Such a good way to put it. Because, I mean, obviously it was... As you say, it was what twelve? What years this film? Two thousand seven, two thousand nine, two thousand seven. So we're looking at about uh, fourteen years ago. Yeah, nearly fourteen years to the day. That's half my life, Daryl. So back then, I wasn't thinking about marvelly things at all. You're half a Ghost Rider old. Yeah, well, you know, I'm a guh. They, um, I'm a (laughs) guru. Guru. No, they have. um, Yeah, the way the films would, it'd just be like, oh, it's a Hulk film coming out, and then like five years later, they'd go Ghost Rider, Ghost Do. Um, you're right, it was just it was a mess, wasn't it? And now if like a superhero film comes out that isn't part of the MCU, your first thought is, well, how does this link to another film? Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, like it, how does this and like, I don't know if I don't know if that's healthy. Yeah, exactly. I was thinking that the whole way through this film. I was like wanting to pause it and see if Stan Lee was playing a tire or something like that, you know. <laughs> um if you freeze frame in the 46 minutes, Stan Lee is actually a burning wheel. But he wasn't there. Um <laughs> He was an executive produ- producer. He was an executive producer, which means he's a cat that produces things. Um, but, yeah, it was weird. But, it, I mean, it felt like a superhero film. But it also felt like a film that a man wrote while he was having dinner. <laughs> I mean, I suppose, touched on the subject of Stanley, just to get this out of the way, this is actually one of the very few Marvel films he does not cameo in at all um, right okay i wish you told me that beforehand because as i say i would have stopped <laughs> pausing it every five minutes oh that took you five hours to get through this film yeah yeah definitely um but i can't you kind of miss it in a way i kind of expect it but then when it happened i was i, I finished i was like oh stan wasn't in this stan mm. and i started screaming at midnight goes stan Stan. Yeah, yeah. And he and he did. And the police came around again, and they were like, you know, you you keep doing this, and can you please take that Nicolas Cage cardboard cut out away from the window? People have been complaining. <laughs> Literally, my only neighbour, who, as we speak at the time of recording, is in his garden with a bin on fire because he's burning a bunch of things. I thought you meant he was like wearing a bin, and that was on fire. In I've some ways, that. the same thing. The, the, 
the budget Ghost Rider version. When you buy when when you Ghost buy bin. Ghost Rider off Wish, that's what you get is your neighbour in a bin on fire. You get a doing flaming the, bin for seven pounds. Flaming bin Brian doing the penis stare. Yes, I tried to say penance with the word penis in it, and it kind of worked. So uh, <laughs> Ben Shannon explains things he says. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was basically my entire career doing stand-up. Ten minutes of material, forty minutes of explaining the ten minutes of material to various responses. <laughs> it's like right, he's got the pie chart out. Same for the man who did a pie chart as part of his act. Yeah, I was gonna say exactly. Yeah, don't you fucking put a pie chart on me. I didn't bear that cross at any point. Oh, I knew I should have taken it across on stage. That'd have worked. You'd have gone for that at some point. Some of the stuff I remember on that uh, flip chart you were doing for a while. Some of that stuff now, if you showed that in a court, you'd do time. <laughs> Never mind Ghost Rider's penance stare. You get you walked in front of um, Judge Grinder or whatever he's called on ITV <laughs> in the day, and he'd, he'd rip you to shreds, mate. Judge the, the famous gay app on ATV. What's on he a, called? On a bike. Judge, judge what's he called ring ringo or something what's judge. his name i just see him and he's like he's not got much hair but he's he's got such judge a smooth Rinder. face he a smooth face yeah he's got hasn't he got a smooth face do you reckon his face gets smoother every time he sends someone to hell or whatever he's i'm getting mixed up between the things we've watched now i've not watched it the only tv i've watched since i got back in the country um about three weeks ago an episode of line of duty live that i was telling you about i watched that one live but other than that i'm very rarely watch the tv live um, um so you've made it sound like a, a demon that creeps into your room and goes illy mr shen <laughs> would you like to watch me yeah it's um it's eye player isn't it uh, but i watched this well i didn't watch this live but um yeah three pounds on youtube i tried the, the effort i did to try and find this for cheaper than three pounds to rent it on youtube was i mean literally minutes <laughs> It's the most effort in weeks. Yeah, 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 exactly. But, um, I mean, I, I don't want to spoil bits too early on in this little podcast, and me do do, but I'd say it was worth £3. Worth more? Worth less? It, at least £3. And uh, I I just didn't do my due diligence at all. I just bought it from Amazon because it was a fiver. Could have rented it, but my memory is an absolute sieve. So knowing my luck, the second I stopped it, I would have forgotten all about it. Um, yeah, also, there's probably... The amount of Nicolas Cage films you've probably bought because you thought, well, why would I rent it? I might as well buy it. Um, and you probably have like seven copies of like Captain Corelli's Mandabin or whatever. And just just stocked up in a spare room that you, because you keep forgetting whenever you want to watch it, you've not still got it. So you just buy it again. <laughs> My cat's, again, got, you... cat's got nowhere to sleep anymore. The cat's just, the cat's just um, lying in a sofa made of Wickerman VHSs. <laughs> I wish it was on VHS. That'd be a right collector's item. I could beat it. VHS is still because I'm selling a bunch of stuff at the minute. I don't know why I looked around then, like in the stock room, and uh, you can't like CEX don't want your discs anymore, do they? You know what like I mean? The, like... the podcast was just going to be you listing things you don't need in case someone needs it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. This I don't really need this grief. Um, <laughs> no, but that's what I mean. Like VHSs, you can't. How do you get rid of them? Like, I'm not saying like <laughs> it's like the mask where you throw it into the ocean and it comes back again. I'm not saying it like you do that with VHS, but Isn't like it? DVDs, you, you get like 10p now if you go to CEX. But VHSs, they'd probably spit on you if you walked in with a bag of VHSs. To be honest, I think you needed to be at a car boot in 2001 to shift to VHS. Car, boot. car boots are a good shout. Are they opening car boots again yet? 
uh stage 78 the old car boot stage 78 good i just would like to cam the pan around and there's 400 vhs's all there that would have been lovely then been lovely. <laughs> alas there is yes yeah they're going to open the, the the vhs market at the same time as nando's i think oh good perry perry um oh what's her name that woman who used to do all the vhs's where she was working at rose rosemary Connolly. is that her name she used to do it was like a menopausal woman doing stretching that have was, just, that was have you had a stroke? On VHS. I'm not well, Daryl. I don't know if I've mentioned this. <laughs> what black market VHS store have you been to since you've been All of them, the mate. Country? All of them. All of them. That's yeah, how I got in. They smuggled me in. Wait till you find out what happened to Blockbuster. Jesus. Um, it's, not, it's, it's, not, it's not been good for It's physical. not good news. It's not good news. It's... I was smuggled in in the back of a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Series 2 uh, cassette. That's how I got in. He just had to bend his knees nice and tight, squeezed in, mm. and he yeah. was uh, and he was absolutely fine. Uh, I know origami, <laughs> just like Cage probably knows is it as well. Noses is, is what I said. He's there. in such good shape in this film. He is. That's something but... I wanted to bring up. Um, the shape he is in, two thousand seven Cage. Um, Why is he so ripped? I, I, I assume it's one of those things for a superhero film. I guess you've got to be, you know, this is, like I said, 14, 15 years ago this came out. So he would have been late 30s, early 40s when filming this, mm. probably 2006, 15 years ago. He would have been maybe 41, 42 when he filmed this, which okay. I think, you know, not trying to be ageist, but you don't see a lot of older superheroes. They are, they're not saying they're not there. I know, um, well, I don't know. I mean, I don't know how old the character is supposed to be. I don't know much about Ghost Rider. I know he's got a bike and he, he's bloody warm, but I, I was confused by a lot of it. Like, he's drinking all his coffee. That was funny. I enjoyed that when he's drinking the coffee from straight from the kettle kind of thing. And there's jelly bean mojitos or whatever that was. I, I don't know the character that well. Does does Johnny... What's his tits? What's his name? I can't even remember his name. Um, does he drink jelly beans in the comics? Oh, well... Let's you know we'll talk about all of that. Don't you worry. I mean, now in terms of the the first point, the ripped cage. Apparently, okay. there was some controversy or a persistent rumor, at least, to say that the abs were um, put added in post with three D. Um, that is a persistent rumor. <laughs> I can't confirm or deny. Uh, according to the DVD commentary with the yeah. um, director. Uh, yeah. Uh, Mr. Mark Stephen Johnson. Now he said that's false; they are real, but the rumor persisted. I think Cage was putting in a lot of work in the gym. I'd heard like three hours a day or something in the build-up to filming. He, he looked very wet, very shiny, very moist. Mm-hmm. Cage, very ripped. Uh, I suppose. Where would you stand on the real versus fake debate on Cage abs? I watched it back and zoomed in, and you actually see in the abs. Stanley's face. So that's where the cameo is. <laughs> he was fourth ab. Stanley, and if you freeze frame it, you can see him going, not again. Like, um, <laughs> I'm not, I, I don't know. Like, abs. It, it just really caught me by surprise. Like, there's so many things that he either did or said in this film that I was like, oh, yeah, it's Nicolas Cage. So I was just kind of like, yeah, it's fine. And 
you realize I'd really like to know what happens first, whether the script's there or the casting's there, because there were some scenes, like for example, when he turns into the Ghost Rider for the first time, where I was like, no one other than Nicolas Cage could play this. That exact scene, I was like, no, no, I refuse to accept anyone else would do this. <laughs> well, apparently he lobbied really hard to get the role. Um, you know, no secret, he's a, a huge comic books fan, big fan of Ghost mm. Rider. Um, okay. And he was kind of like, well, I was always a big fan of monsters, and how could a monster be good? Um, so, uh, and he also <gasps> oh, I'm an anti hero. <laughs> I thought he said, I'm an ant eater. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's that's the sequel <laughs> Ghost Rider 2, Ant Eater of Vengeance. But he's, he said it was a weird paradox for him in an interview because he got to blend two of his hobbies, which were riding bikes and Ghost Rider and comic book heroes. Um, <laughs> I, thought, I thought you were going to say riding bikes and sending people to hell. Like it was just completely like, oh, you mean that that's what the character does? They're not two of your hobbies, Nicolas Cage, are they? And he's like, I mean, no, that's, you'd no, be surprised that's how much of this was not 3D. Um, he can actually set on fire at will. I um, thought so, yeah. Little known fact about Nicolas Cage, actually. Um, this is this was one obviously we were saying about it earlier you know with the pre-mcu films when so much was owned by like fox i think it was when you got all the early mm-hmm. x-men films mm-hmm. really looking back just weird hulk film from like 2003 that's the one i was mentioning earlier yeah i can't remember i got really confused because one of the actors was called something banner and i was like that doesn't make sense um, um Eric Banner, but, who also, yeah, yeah. now you bring him up, was actually quite close to getting the role as well. Um, a ghost Rider, was he? Of all, of all Ghost McGee, nearly got it. Mm. Um, and obviously the other one, other link there. Johnny Depp was also in contention for a time as well. Um, Johnny Depp, yeah, that's good. Can I just, um, just a quick one. Now, I thought it was the devil at first, but it's not the devil, is it? The baddie in this. Um, what's his name? Like... Um, um, Mephisto or something, isn't it? <laughs> well, I've Googled that before. Um, I mean, that so, is a name for like a bad character. So, I mean, in Marvel, in fact, that was who a lot of people thought was in WandaVision. Was, so it is an actual name, Daryl. So don't you come at me with your smug. <laughs> uh, Mephisto in a, is not the devil, but a certainly demonic creature. Uh, so who's the git in this? Creature. Like, who's the one that makes him... It's Ghost Rider, because I, I thought it was the devil. Um, so it's uh, Peter Fonda who plays Mephisto or oh, Mephistopheles. Mephistopheles, um, there you go, that's it. Right, well, my issue is the first few scenes, because I couldn't see it that clearly, I was going, is Bill Murray playing the devil? Like, at the first few scenes, because of the lighting, I thought it was Bill Murray. And I was <laughs> like, how have I not heard that Bill Murray's in this film? Because I was adamant that I'd seen this film, but I'd never seen this film before. We saw the second one for my birthday, or your, I think it was my birthday, um, nine years ago in the cinema in Southampton. And yeah. I thought we'd seen the first one in the cinema, but then we couldn't have because we didn't know each other when I was 14. So obviously it was the second <laughs> one we saw in the cinema. And it no, dawned on yeah. me that I'd never seen this film before. And that's why when me, Popolis, first came on, I was like, oh shit, Bill Murray's in this film. And then I realised he wasn't in this film. Jeez, I, I wish Bill Murray was playing the devil in I know. this film. I was that like, oh, I was settling in. I was ready, you know. 
that would have uh, spiked it to a, a whole new level. Um, Not for sure, man. You know, Pete. I mean, Peter Fonda, uh, the uh, brother of Jane Fonda. Um, Makes sense. It's kind of just to call um, sign my contract, um, and that's basically his whole deal. Um, mm. so it's it's basically a lot of family drama, really, and it's just spooky family drama. Um, Mephisto, the devil, he's going after this uh, contract that's worth a thousand souls. Uh, big deal, very big business in the demon realms. Uh, his son, uh, Blackheart, played by Wes Bentley. I mean, uh, d- just a quick one. Don't name your son Blackheart. That's what I'd say. Like, <laughs> you, were... want, you want him to be a good lad. Don't name him Blackheart. You know, cool <laughs> dude. Maybe call him that if you're going to be really weird. Well, you know, you can often like you know accuse parents of projecting their negativity and insecurity on a child, and then you know, uh, the, the primary socialization of the home, mm. and then then you're growing up like, well, I guess I am a bit of a bastard. I'm just saying you could have called him like white chest or something, you know, shit, <laughs> shit sideburns. That would have worked for him because fucking sideburns were awful. Well, I mean, bad. I mean, it, maybe. Because with <laughs> with Wes Bentley, and this is like no joke, but during the filming in this part part of his life, he was a notorious cocaine fiend. Um, he said in an interview years later that the only reason he took basically any roles at this point, he was in the middle of a decade-long serious addiction to cocaine and heroin. Uh, the only reason he took any movie roles was so he could buy more cocaine and heroin. I mean, uh, this film... Thinking about it, probably the majority of the actors were in exactly the same boat based on some of the performances. <laughs> but one one thing this thing did excel in compared to Gone in 60 Seconds, the last film um, we, we spoke about together of Nicholas's, um, actually three women spoke in this film. So little thing there for the world coming good. It only took nine more years since uh, <laughs> Gone in 60 Seconds, but we've got one more woman talking in this film that lasted 90 minutes or whatever. So... Well done, Earth. Well, bit by bit, Cage Films putting the world bang to rights. Uh, yeah. Who part... knows? Who knows when they'll let a black person talk? <laughs> Not in this film. <laughs> Not um... in this film. <laughs> well, I suppose no. Actually, there is. There is when he's in the prison cell. There's like all of those. Of course, thugs. there is. Of course, it's the prison, mate. Yeah. <laughs> Contextually, honestly, yeah, yeah. Um, he gets arrested. He's like, "No, you can't put me in here. It's nearly the spooking hour." Um, and then... <laughs> if only he said that. <laughs> Just cuts to the actor who's playing the black chest or whatever he's called, um, and he's like doing coke in the corner. That'd be great. Whiteheart, whatever his name is, I don't know. Coke McGee. Oh, that would have been that would have been wonderful. Yeah. I, I, I... Oh yeah, because he points at a black kid, doesn't he? That's it. When he beats everyone up, he's like, innocent. How good is his pointing in this film? I Honestly, since yes. I watched the film, I've not been able to stop pointing at things. The cat shat itself. <laughs> I pointed at the cat for a minute full, and it just didn't know. It was like moving around. It didn't know where to go. It's amazing. I pointed at my dinner earlier, just for far longer than anyone should. So, um... I, I mean, like, at, at the, like from the very start, and this, this is apparently a character trait of Johnny Blaze's, that the man loves a good point. He fucking does. You get that, like, hour-long prologue at the start where you have to go into... It's such a long prologue. That's the first note I made. It's 15 minutes, man. I didn't know oh, what the fuck was Jesus. going on. I was looking at it going, right, 
where's so Johnny Blaze? I knew Johnny Blaze was the name of the character, and I was looking at him going, neither of these people are Nicolas Cage, like the dad or the the kid. I was like, neither are Nicolas Cage. Neither of them look like Nicolas Cage. So, <laughs> what happens here? Does like does he turn into Ghost Rider, and then also he looks like Nicolas Cage? And then when the woman rocked up, I was like. I guess that could be a young Eva Mendes because she yeah. has a beauty spot in the same place. But apart from that, she, well, she's a little bit brown. Apart from that, there's nothing similar <laughs> about them. How well, long supposed to have been the, what, 20 years? 40 years? What's the gap supposed to have been? Well, I think at the start that's set in like 80 something or other. That's set in the 80s. I think it's meant to be, he's meant to be 16 or something. So it's supposed to be. 20, a generous 20 years later. Yeah, I guess he's in his um, 30s. Yeah, I suppose he's ripped. He's got Stanley for abs now. Yeah. Jack Kirby as a bicep, you know. <laughs> Apparently, I read somewhere as well, it's uh, Matt Long that plays the young Johnny Blaze. Now, as you touched on there, my notes exactly. Uh, him and Nicolas Cage, the only similarity they have is the hair. And that's, I think, in part because, according to notes, uh, Nick Cage spent three hours a day getting his hair piece applied for the film. That's the only thing they have in common. Getting his what? His hair piece. Um, for the his film. hair piece? How so, little hair did he have at this point? So apparently, I think it grows backwards. But like, this is this is all wig. Um, this is all wig? Oh my God, I didn't even realise it's all wig. The flames? Wig? Um, yeah. But apparently Matt Long, uh, they had to give him... Uh, now, I don't know how true this is, but I read somewhere they gave him a prosthetic nose to make him look more like Cage, which Amazing. I could not tell. Yeah, just put a prosthetic nose on him. That's that's close enough. Um, but uh, Raquel Alessi, who played the young Roxanne Simpson, Roxanne mm-hmm. Simpson, played by Eva Mendes, I thought they you know what? The likeness is actually fairly good. Uh, I, I obviously forgetting Eva Mendes was in the film, even though I knew she was in the film watching it. I was like, oh, she looks a bit like Eva Mendes. And then a second later, of course she looks like Eva Mendes. Yeah, That's yeah, kind yeah. of the point of the casting. Um, but they, I think they just needed someone with hair to match the hair piece. Someone with legs. <laughs> they just needed someone with legs to look like. Imagine the casting was like, right, we need you to put this hair piece on and point. You don't have to say any lines, but if you can get this, you've got the role. We film in two hours. <laughs> then... Uh, thus beginneth the uh, acting journey of Matt Long. Uh, on that note as well, you may have noticed um, another cameo. I say cameo, another acting debut in this film. Oh um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because this is another one. Like I was, I was there going. I was wrong about Bill Murray, but I'm pretty sure I'm right about this one. Rebel Wilson, the yeah. first on-screen film debut of Rebel Wilson. Sorry, um, on-screen? You make it sound like she has an off-screen debut. Like she was in <laughs> Shark Tale and she played an oyster that was, you know, a little bit sassy. Didn't she? Um, the official title of her character, Girl <laughs> in Alley. Does that oyster look fat? <laughs> well, it's... I, I sort of read that she was in it and I was like, oh, I guess it's going to be like a like a, a small part kind of thing. Yeah, it's yeah. it's not exactly a tiny part. She she is very much girl in Alley, but then she's also a girl who is interviewed by Eva Mendes. Um, she's like, oh, he was he had like flaming hair and stuff, and he was like, oh, good, and, uh, and like just this goth girl. I mean, she um, basically, like she does in every film I've seen her in, plays Rebel Wilson. Yeah basically she rebel wilson before she was rebel wilson and 
this is like obviously I don't want to go on too great a Rebel Wilson tangent. Um, but you know, fast forward to 2019, she was in Cats. Um, and you know, <laughs> you're just listing her films now. She was in a fight. I mean, I haven't seen Cats, but she was in um, the film with I want to say Anne Hathaway. That could be a name. Where it was like meant to be a kind of con artist thing. And me and my partner watched that for some reason. And we just regretted it. Like, she, again, she just played Rebel Wilson in it. I just, I just want to see her in a film where she doesn't play Rebel Wilson. But she is typecast. Yeah. Even in um, Jojo Rabbit, which is a fantastic the Taika Waititi film. Have you seen that? Yeah, sorry. Remember when cinemas were open? Saw yeah, that yeah. January last year when that came out? With, or um, after it came out? Loved with it. Stephen Merchant as well. Yeah, really good film. Even in that, Rebel Wilson plays... Nazi Rebel Wilson, like it's you've you've got goth Rebel Wilson. It's almost like we're talking about Mirror Man and his Barbie earlier. Nowadays, the kids growing up, they all have their Rebel Wilson toys, and it's literally just Rebel <laughs> Wilson with a different hat on. You know, you mustn't mix the two up. You don't want a Nazi goth Rebel Wilson. Can that be the caption for the podcast, please? In the little bit you send out. How many times have you seen this film? Right, because I've got something I want to ask you about. I definitely watched it. I didn't see it at the cinema, but I'm certain I had it on DVD once upon a time. Okay, so like 10 times then, knowing you. Because <laughs> um, obviously this is the first time I've seen it. When that scene where he's doing the in the football stadium, he's doing the jump, and his mate, who is weird, uh, Mac, is going to... Um, he's like, oh, please take the cars out. And then he's taking the cars out. And he's like, oh, thank God you took the cars out. When... The roof opened and those helicopters came to the shot. Oh, yeah. I raised both my arms in the air and went, "Yes!" <laughs> I loved how farcical it was, like the idea of it, and his reasoning where he was like, "My dad said it would be cool, so I did it." You know, <laughs> it's such a ridiculous film, um, yeah. but it feels a lot like a comic. Like when Eva Mendes is um, at the restaurant and she gets a magic eight ball out. I thought that was that was actually really funny. Um, because it's so ridiculous. And I don't know if that happened in a film now, whether it would be as funny or whether you'd get the, well, not the majority, but the younger generation in the cinema going, what is that? Because that's obviously not as big a thing. Sorry if I sound too old. Do you remember when we always have magic eight balls? Um, Yeah, I don't, I don't know. I just, I like the fact there was a laugh there rather than when, as opposed to when she ended that scene by asking the waiter, you think I'm pretty, don't you? It's Yeah, but, uh, and then he looked in Eva Mendes's face and just went, me. <laughs> like I don't know. I'd, uh, sorry for sorry for bloody standing up for the bloody ladies. You know what I'm like? God, such a such a guy in uh, in every single one of these podcasts I do. But it does it really does stand out like a sore thumb to me sometimes when we're watching some of these films from you know, 15, 20 years ago, and you're kind of there going like. Oh shit! Yeah, you could you could kind of do anything in these films. I mean, I know obviously because you know I like my film noir. So like a hundred years ago, you could slap whoever you wanted in whatever film. Um, but and no one would bat an eyelid because it had yeah, been slapped off. Exactly. It just feels very well. That's all it was. The credits would roll. You'd see the credits come down, and there'd just be eyelashes all over the floor of uh, you know. It's the long goodbye. Um, <laughs> so I know I... films have changed, but it does feel like it's taken a very long time for um, a lot of female characters, especially in films like this, to actually have more than just being, oh, you think I'm pretty, don't you? And then when they are, to actually have, um, to not have it, like, rubbed in your face. So obviously, like, Avengers was really good, but I really thought that the scene in Endgame, 
where all the women uh, superheroes like are in the shot together was so force feeding you in a kind of oh yes we've all got breasts kind of way do you know what i mean like going yeah. oh, look the women are fighting too whereas it's a case of why don't you just let people kind of figure that out in their own in their own time kind of thing like um there was a great little i think it was a you might have seen this on the socials um i can't remember who said it or why they said it but it was definitely words that came out their mouth but basically saying how in the mandalorian the last episode of the second season it was all um other than the main character it was all women that were kind of doing the you know no spoilers the thing but at no point did they go oh we're all chicks aren't we yo they just kind of got on with it because <laughs> they were like the available people because they're, they're also talking jive as well <laughs> <laughs> yeah well you're in space you've got to talk jive sorry um as is appropriate for all of these recordings, a cat that isn't mine is being mischievous. <laughs> what do you know about clocks, cat? You don't know anything about time. Um, this is a time-travelling cat. It's actually from uh, the 1920s. So whenever I mention film noir, he gets really annoyed. I, mean, I've, I found it interesting just with the eight ball as well, because it, it was... Never alluded to before that. It was just a thing she pulled out of a bag on a date in the middle of a seemingly quite fancy restaurant. Um, well, it's a hotel restaurant, mate. Let's be honest. <laughs> yeah, but hotel written all over it. Uh, but well, no, no, no. She said she was in the hotel restaurant. But, um, but no, I completely agree. Like, it wasn't mentioned before, but I think that's fine because it's supposed to be like a comic book moment and it's like a humorous, you know... Well, well, this is actually something you touched on uh, early with the jelly beans because there was a lot of things that Cage added to the script. Um, and the, the game is to guess what, what he added, added to, to the, the script. script. Now, did, the he gen- add, did he add them he, because they're part of the Ghost Rider, like, what that character's about? Or just well, because it's Nicolas Cage and he's mad? Like the monkeys thing. Is Johnny Blaze into monkeys? I don't know. Well, the thing is, like, I was watching like a video interview interview that he did, and he was saying, which, which is is tr- actually a fair comment on some levels, that you know, as opposed to say, you know, a Spider Man, the X Men, Hulk, uh, Ghost Rider, realistically is a character that needs an introduction because mm-hmm. um, he's, I guess, with respect to Ghost Rider, more maybe of a B tier hero. Um, oh yeah, for sure. In, yeah, in the grand scheme of things. Um, so he said a part of the allure of the, the character was that he could build him from the ground up, um, sort of communicate more of what he wanted this character to be, put his mark on him. But then he said, um, I added the jelly beans, which I assume were red and yellow because fire. Yeah. Um, he, he said it was something like um, he added jelly beans because he thought, you know, one, he's just trying to relax when he's not jumping over large things. Um, and then... And then two, you know, if you were trying to, I think basically his words were to the effect of if you were trying to confuse a ghost and not get haunted by a spirit, you would eat jelly beans from a martini glass just to throw it off the scent or something like that. So he did it, (laughs) apparently to confuse ghosts. What, so you think like in all those devil books he was reading, in there, like a book from the 1600s, it said like, you know, in 400 years' time, of course, the main thing to stop the devil from trying to use your soul in the contract will be red and yellow jelly beans and always drink <laughs> coffee straight from the... 
What do they call that in America? They don't call it kettles, uh, it's, do they? it's just like a pot. I think they just call it the pot. They just call it pot. They call it pot. American <laughs> pot, isn't it? Yeah. Um, what else? In the monkey films, where it's like, turn the monkey yeah. back on. Yeah, uh, his exact words were, um, uh, he felt jelly beans and chimps doing karate would be so ridiculous it would ward spirits away. Um, so that, that was just apparently um, just a cat grooming, you know? Um, apparently this is how he relaxes, and I, I guess to a modern millennial audience, yeah, why wouldn't you want to watch a short clip of a chimp doing spin yeah, kicks? Yeah, to be honest, that's that's aged really interestingly, because nowadays... That is probably how the vast majority of people do relax. <laughs> you know, maybe Cage is a bit of a pioneer in that respect. Like, he knew that that's how people would be. Uh, I think, you know, he's, he's well documented at this point in his career, at this point in the podcast, that Nicolas Cage is a man who makes choices. He's uh, a pursuer of the, uh, I guess, against the rules in imagination. And he's just a man that loves... Loves his craft of acting. Um, so, you know, we didn't know it at the time, but he's he's just a forward thinker of the craft that we couldn't have even uh, uh, perceived once upon a time. But mm, you know, That's very true. A jelly bean eating, chimp watching, cartoon loving, helicopter jumping, son of a gun. Helicopter well, was, jumping. <laughs> but that was the point he made, though, is like, why are you jumping over helicopters? My sick father said it once in a flashback, so I thought I should do it now. Um, which I don't, I don't really get why. I suppose to note as well the um, the family connection with Cage, with the obviously the dynasty of the Coppolas. When the helicopters were coming down, Ride of the Valkyries was playing. Yeah, uh, nice. synonymous with Francis Ford Coppola's uh, Apocalypse Now. Um, but then, obviously, straight after he makes the jump, and he just rides straight out to ride after Roxanne, and he's just riding on the motorway next to her. Obviously, take a drink every time. It's clearly his face superimposed on a stunt man. Oh my god, it's amazing! Um, but that, I, I was looking at the. Um, I always like seeing like you know all the nominations that happen for certain films, and I think that stunt um, where he had to. I say him, a stunt man. Had to uh, dodge uh, two near <laughs> two near head-on collisions with semi trucks. Was nominated at the World Stunt Awards 2008 for uh, best speciality stunts. Um, just trying to find out who actually won. Um, oh, it was a film called Seraphim Falls, where someone fell off a waterfall. Johnny stunt a lot. Uh, Johnny Stunt a lot swept the board that year. Um, other awards, um, not good ones. We might have mentioned this last time. This this one might ring a bell. Uh, the Golden Schmoes are back. <laughs> um, the 2007 Golden Schmoes nominated Ghost Rider for Worst Movie of the Year, but mm-hmm. it came up Trump's to Epic Movie, which I think... Um, oh, was Epic Movie really that bad? I think it's widely... I'd have to look into it. I think it is nowadays regarded as one of the worst films ever made. I mean, I can't remember. It's no emoji movie, surely. Um, It's on on a similar level. Uh, Cage was also nominated at the 2008 Razzie Awards for Worst Actor, but I should should point out that the Razzies do it as um, 
they base your output on the whole year rather than just one film. Okay, yeah. Well, so, I mean, when he's doing several films a year, that makes a lot of sense. So he was collectively nominated for this and the next two films, uh, National Treasure Book of Secrets and Next. Um, but you will be thrilled, no doubt, to hear that he lost out to Eddie Murphy for the number one film, Norbit. Oh um, my God, Norbit. What a terror! I've not even seen it. I don't need to see it. All we need to know uh, on the subject of Norbit, and hopefully this is the last time we'll ever mention it, is uh, when Ghost Rider released, February 16th, 2007. A perfect Valentine's weekend film. Um, <laughs> it released straight at number one at the box office, knocked mm-hmm. Norbit off the top spot, um, and it also beat Bridge to Terabithia to the number one spot as well. Of course um, it knocked Norbit off the top spot. It's... Oh. It, it's interesting because, like, it, all things considered, Ghost Rider actually crushed it at the box office. Well, that's um, how it got a sequel, I assume. More than likely, obviously, there was an appetite for the film. Critically, it was panned. It only got 26% on Rotten Tomatoes. Critical consensus reading. Uh, Ghost Rider is a sour... I'm just, I've just burped halfway through a sentence, Jeff. That's how sour um, it was. It was so sour, it's giving me gas. It was a sour mix of morose, glum histrionics amidst jokey puns and hammy dialogue. The thing is, you don't like... It's tough when you when you look at things like Rotten Tomatoes and all that. It, it's kind of... You're also looking at how those sites were reviewing things at that time period. Because they wouldn't review things now in the way they reviewed things then. So if something was reviewed as a bad film then, it might not necessarily be reviewed by the same system as a bad film now. I mean, this film would, it was awful. But like... <laughs> I mean, I'd lobby for Robin Tomo- Rotten Tomatoes to... Uh, Robin Tomatoes, the man behind Rotten Tomatoes. Robbie Tomatoes. Robbie Tomatoes. I would uh, lobby for all the critics to uh, reassess their scoring uh, for all the, the Nick Cage films. Um, but the interesting thing with the box office, like it made nearly double its budget. The budget was $110 million. Box office was two hundred twenty-eight point seven million. Oh, now, allegedly, that would have been more impressive as the original budget was said to be sixty-five million dollars. But apparently, production costs skyrocketed once Nick Cage came on board, and he demanded a hefty fee to play the lead, as he should. Um, he also demanded that the Ghost Rider had to look photo uh, realistic in post production, which increased the production cost. How even can it look realistic in So adding Nicholas Cage basically added another 40 mil, <laughs> 45 mil onto production. Um, something else was actually the director, as you mentioned earlier, Mark Stephen Johnson, who um, also worth noting, uh, not Johnson's first dabbling in superhero films. He also wrote and directed 2003's Daredevil uh, oh, okay. with Ben yeah, Affleck. Because I didn't know what was going on with... Like, I didn't look the guy up last time with um, on Gone in 60 Seconds. I was very much like, right, what's this guy done? What's going on? But with this one, I was like, right, let's just go into Ghost Rider and try and, you know, remember what's occurring. But he did Daredevil as well, yeah? He did Daredevil, uh, another film that's another superhero film that's not exactly looked back upon uh, fondly. Mm. Um, and also, flash forward to 2018, he did the Christopher Robin movie, wrote and directed that with uh, Ewan McGregor as an old I mean, what a Robin. trilogy that is! <laughs> Daredevil, Ghost Rider, Christopher Robin. 
Yeah, yeah. That, that sounds like three things you'd say into a mirror quickly in order to like get some gypsy to come and throttle you in the night. <laughs> I mean, I'd Daredevil be Ghost Rider, Christopher Robin. Daredevil Ghost Rider, Christopher Robin. Daredevil Ghost Rider, Christopher Robin. You say that and you keep running around a church until, you know, your legs set on fire and you well, get mauled by a small bear. I mean, I, you know, if we're going to lobby for um, Winnie the Pooh to play Ghost Rider and he says, like, you need to go back to hell. Or something on those awful lines. Um, but the reason I bring him up again um, is it looks like he you know, put a bit of his own money into this. And um, you may remember one of the scenes when I think the world is first becoming a bit more aware of uh, Ghost Rider McGee. He's got that whole police chase that happens. Um, and that's a, this is something I want to talk about a little afterwards as well. Mm -hmm. But you know that scene in which he unnecessarily uh, attacks the helicopter for no reason? Oh, yeah, um, he's like, you're pissing me off or something. That's in deeper, he says that he's pissing, um, he's pissing him off. Uh, apparently, the director was just very passionate about that scene and just really wanted in the sequence where Ghost Rider battles the helicopter. The helicopter wasn't attacking him, just had a spotlight on him. Um, because he wanted all these action scenes in, though, that meant the film got pushed back from summer 2006 to early 2007 because he wanted more time to do the action shots. Wanted more action and more jelly babies. Jelly beans, not jelly babies. That's a different... That was Daredevil. It was different, um, well, a lot, well, probably a lot of... Uh, maybe jelly beans in Australia. A lot of it filmed in Melbourne. Um, interesting. <laughs> Melbourne, you say. Melbourne. Melbourne. I think it's Melbourne. Melbourne, the full name from Spice, the Spice Ladies. Um, a lot of it was filmed in Melbourne, and it just just an interesting fact I found very funny for some reason. During the 2006 Australian F1 Grand Prix, uh, Nicholas Cage was the official guest of Ferrari. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if you had to pick anyone who you know lives fast, it's Nicholas Cage. My favourite line from that scene was when he started driving on the building and the police went, the suspect is going up. <laughs> as, as if, like, normally in police chase scenes they go, the suspect is going forward. Like, you don't say the direction of travel. You say the street or whatever. You go, like, our oh, suspect is going northwest on Boulevard 4. Uh, looks like there's three... You don't go, he's going up. Like, it's not what you say. I like. Um, I think the only thing missing from that when he was like riding up that glass building was just a police officer looking and going, "Huh?" You know, yeah, yeah, that would have been great. Or like a bird, um, like a proper cartoon, like a bird flying past and it gets like spam or its like feathers come off. I thought when we saw her in the building, I thought he was going to go up the building she was in and it was going to like burn some of her dress off or something. I thought it was going to get that cartoony. Yeah, I think she just saw it, and I thought, I thought like for that scene that was going to be because he tried to tell her before, like dead seriously, with this where some of those comedy jobs come in. Um, said, oh yeah, I'm actually uh, the devil's bounty hunter. That's why I couldn't make it to the meal last night. I thought that was going to be him going. Oh well, that does look suspiciously like the thing that he described. Yeah, yeah. Uh -huh. yeah. Nancy Goth Wilson did say that that's exact. That's exactly what she said that was there. You know. All the pieces were there, Eva Mendes. Mm. Um, Eva! <laughs> apparently as well, I, I, I assume for a lot of those scenes, you know, he drives over that bridge and then he's surrounded by police and then he just, dro <laughs> then he just drops into the river and drives off. 
So then the bike's in the water, and then I can't help but think, if you're a member of the police and you see that with your own eyes, how do you not immediately resign? What, as in, like, he comes out and you, you think you just go, just throw your badge in the water after him. <laughs> just be like, I'm done. <laughs> the suspect is going splish blosh. The the splush the splish blush man is doing wits, um, but I think if I was a police officer at that point, I'm like, you know what, I'm out. Yeah, it's GG like, in it. I've had enough. It's like it's obvious that our conventional human weaponry cannot stop a literal flaming man, and the water has not put him out. Yeah, um, but who are you going to send the bloody shit-tastic four that are siding with Blackbeard? You know, messing around in their elements. They can't do anything against him either. All he does is just look at them and whip them a bit with his chain and then he's won. Yeah, the, the three Wiblets, who all, um, all elemental knobheads, there was... Oh, there's um, four! <laughs> see, I'm not sure if... There was three. There was Gressel, who was the earth-based one, uh, Wallow, who was water-based, and Avagor, who was wind-based. Um, so they're not really given, like, an official villain group name oh right okay so with yeah it was four with the um blackhead or whatever he's called yeah yeah that so makes it, sense. i don't know if um blackbeard made number four or i was kind of thinking because it was earth wind and water earth if, wind and fire if if uh, <laughs> were they in this i didn't see that <laughs> you remember uh, setting fire to my skull no. <laughs> I wasn't sure if like Cage would technically count as number four because he was fire, but that's just never really addressed. That makes a lot of sense. Um, but they're all, I think, important to note here. They're all very, very easily dispatched. Like they're, they're just fodder. Um, the Earth Earth lad, he's just punched in the chops and chained. He crumbles. Mm. The wa- the water one is boiled. Mm-hmm. I, th- I think that's what happens there. Like he gets him underwater, just puts, it, gives him a little underwater point, and boils him. And then there's the wind one with his ridiculous hair. Um, Ghost Rider just whips up like a flaming, yeah, a flaming tornado with his chain. He's like, "Well, I didn't expect this burning." Um, yeah, I mean, I got really confused in the last scene. Like, um, it was—I thought it was like a pretty reasonable standoff. Like at the very end of it, I thought it was a good climax. But the man with the flaming horse, the original, not the original Ghost Rider, but the last Ghost Rider or whatever he was called, he um, was, like he said, oh, I can only do it once more, right? I can only change once more or something. Yeah. And then he did that and he said, stay in the shadows or whatever. And then I must have looked away because I don't remember seeing him for the rest of the film. Yeah, so that's a whole thing that just isn't really explained. So um, so it's Sam Elliott who plays the caretaker who we find out is Carter Slade, a former Ghost Rider. He's the guy at the very start of the film who stole the contract from Mephisto mm-hmm. because he knew he was going to use it for evil. Uh, long story short, he's been hiding it in his shovel. Um, so it's not really explained why or what sense is that this is his last ride? He just said, I've been saving myself for this moment when a new ghost rider would come along and but take down the devil. But then he does fuck devil. all, doesn't he? He just says, he, stay in the shade or something. Don't get burned. Like, he says, put your factor 50 on, mate. Then he rides with him on his flaming horse. His flaming horse and he's like, uh, right, well, I'm, I'm, I'm done. And, like, and then I was like, 
Why? Basically. Well, he didn't do anything else. I thought, because I was waiting for a bit in the standoff where he was going to jump out and like well, he gave the him... guy around the head. <laughs> well, basically, he, he was just a police escort for the chopper and he gave him the shotgun. Yeah. And that was about it. And then he just disappears. So it's not explained like, you know, can you only be a ghost rider for a certain amount of time? Um, why did you just <laughs> he literally just disappeared uh, and faded out of frame? Where are you going? Yeah. Apparently, according to the DVD commentary, the director said because he'd he he'd done right by God. He was something on those lines. He'd sort of made peace with God. Now he'd done enough okay. good. Yeah. And God was like, right, but again. Unless you have the DVD commentary and you're listening to the audio track, you will never know. <laughs> That's why he just disappears um, right at the end of it, um, which is you know, done right by God. He's supposed to be like this mentor figure to Johnny Blaze because obviously he's the only person that knows. The first time he wakes up, he's like, "I feel like my head's on fire." One of the you know, the, <laughs> like his hands. A, a few skull puns and they're like bonehead. Um, but then he's just a very gravelly cowboy um, who just fucks off. Um, uh-huh. Apparently Sam, Sam Elliott plays him and claimed in an interview that he was a big fan of Nicolas Cage ever since uh, Fast Times at Ridgemont High, in which it was Cage's first role. He wasn't credited as Cage at the time. I think he was credited as Nicolas Coppola. Um, but I suppose if you're saying that you've seen every film of Nicolas Cage's and you're a big fan, that's that's just a way of admitting that you've not seen his films. You're in you're in Daryl's <laughs> book. Start your own podcast, Elliot. Um, Whoa, you can't start picking fights with Elliot. Well, I've done it now. Interestingly, as well, going back to Hulk from earlier, he actually played in the 2003 Hulk. He played General Thunderbolt Ross as well. Okay, yeah, that makes sense. Um, I think just say mustache. Um, I think just obviously. say mustache. Obviously, this MCU time. No this MCU, MCU time. No pre-MCU. No connection. Thing that at all. Just a thing that happened. Um, and then here he is. Now, just and then a, here he is. Now, just a, a popping on cowboy a large hat. cowboy hat. And, uh, riding, riding, and, uh, riding horses. Riding riding horses. In the store or whatever the song would be. Yeah, he um he had a good time, but that final standoff was really just it again was just so much pointing. Yeah, there was definitely a yeah, there was definitely a just, the it's just, wide, it's angle, to everything, isn't the it? wide you angle live in point. Theory, but you can live with pointing. Like he just, he yeah. loves it. I mean, how can you live with yourself when that's your when that's your answer to everything? <laughs> I mean, it's like I think a, a, a lot of it was I think trying to build up to something. I think just a lot of more misses than hits. I think the final standoff was okay. I think it was let down by the fact that. Blackheart was just a very one-dimensional and uninteresting villain. I think his the whole angle about him was his sideburns, honestly. Like, and to be fair, I think his whole thing was that he, if you're a demon, you therefore have spooky, spiky teeth, um, just to show. And all he does is just go around giving humans, and dare I say, uh, the good suck, and just sucking them until they are blue and dry. Don't um, you hate it? Don't you hate it when uh, when the demon sucks you till you're good and dry, or whatever you just said? Hey, we went through cabin fever. We know what happened. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's ridiculous. Uh, we we were there. Um, you weren't there, man. I guess I kind of liked the uh, the climax of the fight where he uses the thousand souls against him. But this, mm. 
Um, also touched on something else when the film loves slashing back to things that happened five minutes ago, like I wasn't there and watching it. Um, he yeah, says, it does. It does feel like there's, they could have got away with using a lot less of the very oversaturated sort of film. You know what I mean? Yeah, I don't even like. It was like what a hundred minutes, about one hundred eleven minutes. The runtime, it it just didn't need to be no. that long at all. Um, I mean, I guess you know the ending was fine. He uses the thousand souls, penance stares them. Couldn't do it to Blackheart before because he doesn't have a soul. I like the idea of you just being there, going, "I guess this is fine." <laughs> Ghost Runner's like, oh, "This is fine. I'll I'll uh, I'll take any win that I can I can get at this point." Just shrugging. Um, <laughs> And then, what I like though, he says, you know, you're going to be tormented by the blood of a thousand tormented souls, mm. but the only souls it shows are the ones that have already died in the film that we've already <laughs> seen. Of course, yeah, yeah. You can't, there's only so many actors you can pay. Yeah, there should have been a thousand actors all just going, oh. Then there's um, just Rebel Wilson played every actor. If only. I think. I think the only thing missing from the ending for me was one more skull pun when, you know, Roxanne's, well, she's there because she's been taken hostage. Uh, yeah. They share the kiss at the end. If they'd at least both looked at camera and said, let's bone oh, and winked. Oh, no, Daryl, you went there. Oh. I, was like, I was like, what pun could Daryl be working towards? And then I was like, oh, no. Let's skull foot. No, no, they wouldn't say <laughs> They wouldn't say that. Um, that's one way to get a flaming crash yeah um, I mean the film would have infinitely been, that, been better if there was lots of like <laughs> that, would have, that would have made the film better I wonder if people can tell because I imagine you get this a lot with the films like if the villain was coked off his tits or whatever yeah. and you can tell at different points of when they were filming it where the energy levels were and stuff I wonder if people can tell with this podcast where the cuts were when we were recording <laughs> You can tell the energy levels when I've had like two bags of cookies and the cat's rolling its eyes at me like, what's going on? Well, because you know. um, there were certain parts of this film where I was basically like, this must be a reshoot. Like they must have just gone, oh, for fuck's sake, we've got to go in again on Thursday and do this scene where he points again. You know what I mean? <laughs> well, so they, had to, they had to close down traffic a lot of times in Melbourne and like uh, actually some train stations had to get uh, delayed and routes changed. Imagine your call to your boss that morning. You're in Melbourne, you're trying to get to work, and you call your boss, you're like, oh, really sorry, I'm going to be late. And you're like, oh, yeah, what's up? Nicholas Cage. I literally can't get to work because there's a Nicholas Cage on the track. Yeah, yeah. There's a fallen cage on the track. He's screaming about a, a skull. There's jelly beans everywhere. There's jelly beans in my eyes, in my anus, in my ears. I've gone mad with rage. Um... That would be a call. Um, I, I think going to the notes, the only other thing to know is, you know, we get a lot of cage screams in this as well, with the transformations especially. That's why he was this is when... That's, when I was when I was watching it, I was like watching his first transformation. I was going, that is why Nicolas Cage is the ghost rider in this film. And that's why it will not get remade. Although there's supposed to be like a TV show or something, like a Disney Plus. Well, got cancelled? I don't know. Nicolas well, Cage basically sent them a letter. <laughs> well, obviously there was Spirits of Vengeance, the sequel, which you didn't know was a sequel at the time, which is very interesting. Is that what happened? Um, I don't remember that. 
So well, we were watching it and I was going, what, did I go into it thinking it was the OG? Um, well, you, you said earlier that you remember that this film, this one we're talking about now, you said earlier that, um, and obviously this is about two hours earlier in our time, <laughs> um, but you said you didn't realise you hadn't actually seen this because we'd seen a different film altogether at the cinema. Yeah, we saw, well, the one we saw, I couldn't remember if we saw the first one or the second one, right? And then I remember since talking about it that you said that was the second one. But what I couldn't remember was if I'd seen the first one before, which I hadn't, is what I mean. Right. Um, I don't want to jump ahead to when we're inevitably talking about two, <laughs> but why didn't they make a third one? Well, you know, obviously we'll we'll talk about the second one more when it comes. But there was this one, the second one, obviously because this one made a lot of money. Yeah. Uh, the second one, I think, still did make a profit, but was worse received. There was talks of a third one, but I think because these were kind of flops in some senses, Cage said, "Right, that's it. I'm out. I'm done." <laughs> right. Um, the I'm right. <laughs> The rights then reverted to Marvel, and then obviously in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. they had the Robbie Reyes Ghost Rider, um, and that version of Ghost Rider was supposed to get a, uh, his own series. That got pulled, okay. and now the Ghost Rider property is effectively in limbo. There had been some rumours um, that Cage's Ghost Rider might turn up in the new Doctor Strange film, Multiverse of Madness. Those are still, at the time of recording, still speculation. Good Lord, imagine if just off camera you hear like a crunching and then a jelly bean rolls into shot. And everyone's like, oh my God. (laughs) Oh, I can't wait. I mean, obviously... (laughs) No, 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 it's not Ghost Rider. It's the actual Nicolas Cage just walks on and goes, oh, sorry. Eats it and walks (laughs) off again. (laughs) The biggest middle finger in cinema. I mean, obviously, we'll we'll, uh, we'll we'll talk about those bridges uh, a little bit more when we get to them. Um, but I, I'm hopeful. <laughs> we'll be careful obviously. not to drive off them into the water. <laughs> obviously, I don't think they'll do... I don't think there is... I mean, maybe as an Easter egg or something fan service they'd put Cage in, if they do more with Ghost Rider in the future, it might be Robbie Reyes because he's an established Ghost Rider now in the MCU. I didn't, I didn't see Shield um, Agents of Shield, so I don't know about this fellow. But he wasn't until Series Four, I don't think. I remember. I think I saw a clip or maybe a, on the Facebook there was like a still image of it. Picture, that's what they're called. Um, <laughs> how, many, how many series did they get in the end? Like seven of Agents of Shield, or I think they got to seven. Seven was the final season. What a guess. The, the Robbie Reyes Ghost Rider was a big part of season four. I don't know if he was in it after that. So I don't know if they'll bring back that Ghost Rider. If they do, or a new film, you know, maybe they'll just reboot or just cast a new actor because, with respect to Cage, he's 57 at this point. He, he's not playing Ghost Rider again. You've pronounced timeless wrong again. <laughs> With respect to re-edit. With respect to Cage, he's timeless. He will take the role again. With re- with respect to time, it's Nicolas Cage. <laughs> with respect to the concept of time, Nicolas yeah. Cage is outside of your boundaries. I mean, that cardboard cut out behind you will outlive us all. That'll be all that's left when the aliens come. I want to be buried with it, to be honest. Um, no, you know what you should you should do. You should have it on your grave. <laughs> like, no, that. No, that too be my gravestone. No, no words. Don't yeah. say who it is that's buried. Everyone would um, know. Hey, you could make your own. Um, sorry for being one of these topical comedians, but you could make your own hearse. Have you seen this? Have you seen this in the news? <laughs> oh, I've seen it. Um, and 
No one stopped him. 16 years. Um, uh, uh, do you know what? We shouldn't have any context to that because, because those exact words we've said, without naming the celebrity or the time that this is being recorded, that could refer to anything. So let's completely move on. And I like the idea that people will be like, what were they talking about? Well, this is time capsule and someone's listening in like 100 years. We mean like Robo John? What? <laughs> oh, Robo John. Um, but, you know, I think with, with, with that, you know, most of the big points of the film covered. Um, it's a great, I give it four points out of five. <laughs> Very. Uh, I give it, you know, 3.5 elongated awkward points out of a possible five. You knew um, with the camera angles that the points were coming. <laughs> it was it, almost it was like a drinking game you could go drink when Nicolas Cage is about to point like a lazy Nazi like it was <laughs> ridiculous the way he did it there's Rebel Wilson there's unnecessary police chases there's underwhelming villains there's a voice which the director described as a uh, mechanical lion that would shake the theatres and everyone in them um, what? well th- this was the Ghost Rider's voice um, that oh, they yeah. that they made. Um, it was how ma- did that work? Because I did, I remember when I heard that, I was like, "Is this Nicolas Cage? Have they put his voice through something?" So it was I created mean, got, by. It's not like Bane, is it? You know what I mean? <laughs> not quite. It was created by sound design Dane Davis. He won an Academy Award previously for sound design on The Matrix, so he's got pedigree. Um, What's his tits is in this from The Matrix as well. Um, the police sergeant is a character in The Matrix, um, one of the ones that you don't know the name of, but he's in the second and third film. Yeah. You've had a stroke. No, um, I haven't. So... <laughs> I saw him because I watched the three... Ma- when I was in the Germany, um, The Matrix is on German Netflix at the minute. So I oh, watched yeah. all three Matrixes uh, back to back to back um, because, you know, I'm, I've got things to do. And in that film... This is in this film that I watched last night, The Ghost Rider. I um I went, oh, he's that police sergeant. He's out the Matrix. The one who goes off the record, piss off, and uh, everyone laughs. <laughs> oh, that one, yeah, yeah. yeah. When well, he's he's looking at like the the flaming handprint on the uh, yeah. The truck. I haven't had a stroke, have I, mate? Maybe you've had a stroke. Although I tell you, who does sound like they've had a stroke? When Nicholas Cage <laughs> Italian in this film. Oh yes, how did I forget that? Italian. <laughs> You want to get some Italian. I mean, I suppose it's worth noting that he has like a deep southern drawl. He's basically a redneck rock star in this film. Yeah, I um, where you're from. Nobody says Italian like that. Everyone loves him. Um, but yeah, with the voice, they were filtered through three different types of animal growls, played backwards, covered at separate frequencies. The director described it as a deep, demonic, mechanical lion's roar, adding, one thing is for sure, his voice will shake the theatre. And it did. And oh boy, did it. Um, well, it certainly, you know, it shook me to my core. Um, I think it's fair to say it's it's not going to go down as the greatest superhero film. I mean, but, I'm a different man after watching it. I mean, you know, Cage, he loves superheroes. He loves Ghost Rider. His first outing as a superhero. He's a comic books fan. His name Cage he took from Luke Cage, um, Lucy Cage. Uh, yeah, that's his, his stage name. Obviously, Nick Cage. He took it from Luke Cage. His son is named Kal-El after Superman's Kryptonian name. 
He was previously considered to play the Green Goblin in the 2002 Sam Raimi Spider-Man film. And he was almost Superman in the Tim Burton aborted Superman project. A lot of these things are... um... This was a long time coming, that's all I'm saying. Um, And then we're going to play Big Daddy in Kick-Ass, Spider-Man Noir, as as we're well aware. Uh, Voice Superman in Teen Titans go to the movies. Um, So, you know, he got it out of his system. And, uh, Got out of his system. Well, How ill was he? I mean, he's never stopped being ill. And as we well know, he will be back for the sequel, Spirits of Vengeance. I will talk about that one in another episode. Daryl, will I be back for Spirits of Vengeance, or will your Zoom and Skype and everything still be awful? We might both be dead by then, so who knows if you'll ever get another episode of we this can again. <laughs> Oh, God, if my cat is listening to this, please edit my recordings that are ready to go and just release them to the world. Um, so for fear of the uh, of the uh, the Zoom or Skype call cutting out again, um, as it is, as it is wont to do, um, it, uh, that's its want, that's its right, and I'm not here to question it. The robots um, rule us all. <laughs> and, and uh, you know, Pfizer, I've got Microsoft in my belly. Um so wrapping up, um, and this is the most fearful, panic-stricken wrap-up I've ever done because it's recorded for a record 20 minutes, not trying to jinx it, but I better just have. Uh, ben, your final thoughts on Ghost Rider. Cage has got a gun to your head. The yes. car was cut out. My final thoughts. Um, as I say, four points out of five possible points, as in pointing with your finger, not as in points. Good film. Uh, three women. We need more if we want to have a quality on ghost riding films. What are you doing out of shot? My cat's trying to uh, get on. If he jumps on the laptop, I know he's going to turn the call off. (laughs) Uh, I really enjoyed it. Thank you for inviting me on to watch watch a film and then the very next day talk about it like this. It's been a lot of fun. It cost me £3, but you know what? I'd spend £3 again. What is this cat doing? He's got a scratching post in the room and he just went for it during your wrap-up. When I record with you, like, look, Look at this cat. It's asleep. Yeah? It's not even my cat, mate. And it's asleep. It's sat next to me. It's asleep. You have this terror come in with like a cottage pie or something. I mean, what can you do? What can you do? But yeah, pleasure. Enjoyed it. I hope Nicolas Cage sticks around for another 57 years. <laughs> I mean, for the context of the listener, we started recording at six. It's now nearly half eight, and we've just about managed to maybe get an hour of usable footage. So I hope you <laughs> Ghost, appreciate we'll it. Be, we'll be back for Ghost Rider 3 in 2019. Please let me die. <laughs> That's what it's called. <laughs> you know, get in touch on Twitter, at cage underscore podcast. If you can tell where the cuts were, you might be able to. And you can win a prize. Quality. Three oh, jelly beans. I'll give you three signed jelly beans. Um, and the and audio one quality. signed rice grain. <laughs> the audio quality is probably all over the shop, but cat, please. <laughs> um, <laughs> that's a free podcast for you. So um, we'll, we'll wrap it up on that. Meow, note. this is bullshit. <laughs> Nick Catless Cage is come for me in feline form. Uh, but on that note, I'm about to go and drop a toaster in a bath with me in it. Um, until the next one, I'm as crazy as a flaming skull. Keep on, keep on caging. It's all you have to do. Take care. Goodbye. Bye.